Welcome to Triangle 411, the pulse that moves the Triangle world today. It's a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, what's trending, social good, events, and boundless other adventures. A conversation pit of comedians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Innsbrucker. Hi, friends. Policing is an issue of great concern in today's world, and we wanted to bring some insight to this matter. Today, we will be talking about how Blue Lights College is approaching the subject. Labeled North Carolina's premier police prep college, Blue Lights was founded by Jacques Gilbert, Gilbert served with the Apex Police Department for 29 years, retiring at the rank of captain. In addition to graduating from the FBI National Academy, he has written three books. In 2015, he was recognized by President Obama as a champion for change due to his work with the Rogers Family Skate Plaza and downtown Apex, North Carolina and he was also recognized by the city with the Community Service Award. In 2016, Gilbert was awarded Citizen of the Year by the Apex Chamber of Commerce, and in 2019, he was elected mayor for the town of Apex. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Mary. It's my honor and pleasure to be here. So let's start at the beginning as to why did you start Blue Lights College? The reason I started Blue Lights College is that I was looking for an opportunity to address a need, um, present a solution to what we were experiencing um, across the nation and even, you know, here in North Carolina. And that was a disconnect between community and police. And with my time as serving as a police officer at a time, I was a captain with the Apex Police Department. And it was really frustrating to see everything that was going on around the country and, and again, just the discussion surrounding that and how we were becoming more divided. And uh, there were a lot of people talking. Um, there were a lot of people protesting, which I think is necessary, but there were no real solutions being offered. So I just wanted to find a way. Um, I've always been about problem solving. I really enjoy that. And this was an opportunity, again, for a solution-driven um, opportunity for our community and nation. So I thought it would be good to to launch Blue Lights College. So you sound like a can-do kind of guy. <laughs> That's what we need right now, a, a, a problem solver. Let's find the solution. Um, so how does Blue Lights College speak to the concerns of policing today? Well, I believe Blue Lights College speaks to the concerns today because it gets everyone involved. Uh, you know, this is, we all understand that you know, public safety uh, and police officers, you have to, uh, you know, to have a great quality of life, you have to have, you know, public servants. You know, you have to have first responders. Um, and, and because there are people with needs and um, there are times where we do have to have police officers to respond to things. But I think what's important is that I think everybody, the people who are demanding change, they just want to make sure that in that and in, in deliver service that People are treated with dignity and respect. And the way you are able to ensure that is you have to have the right people 
are wearing the badge. And that's what we do at Blue Axe College. We, we're, we're inviting people who want to be a part of that change to come in and learn more about how they can be part of the change, but really understand that if we don't have people who are compassionate about the delivery service or, or have the compassion for people, uh, we're going to continue to experience these hardships in our community and our nation that is going to continue to further divide us. So I just wanted to find a way um, in Blue Lights College through the pillars of faith, purpose, and trust. And those pillars support a bridge. And that bridge is bringing people together, uniting, understanding that we all can be a part of problem solving. And um, that's that's where we are today. So speaking of where we are today, how did we get here? What what changed that we need this now? Well, it's, this has been going on for years, decades and decades and more decades. And uh, I think there have been people sharing information, um, saying that we need change. I mean, that's been there. Um, and But, you know, I, I go back to my career, 29 years, and uh, I can remember the very first viral video that was released. And it, and, and it, and it rocked the nation. And, uh, that was the one in Los Angeles, California, uh, with Rodney King. And that was my, um, second year on the police department. And I remember it just, you know, watching that video and really never under, I could never understand how first police officers could, could actually, you know, injure someone like that. And, and, and but at the same time, I, I was more disgusted about how other police officers didn't do anything about it. They just sat there and watched or stood there and watched, excuse me. So that really frustrated me because, you know, my reasoning in getting in policing was to help people. Uh, even when people have their worst days, you know, that's still someone's son or daughter or, or family member. That's how I have to look at it. What if that was my family member and they were needing assistance? So when you start looking at things today versus how they were uh, handled, you know, decades ago, you, you know, you have to make a change. And to understand how, you know, there's a history of how police officers use, um, you know, back in the day with Jim Crow time and how they were used to keep people in order and really round up people. Um, you know, th- those things you have to look at and say, okay, the history of policing and what it was founded on, we have to now understand, okay, what's best for our, our country, our nation today. And, and with that, you have to make change. It doesn't mean that you throw out the entire police system, but you have to change the the way the system operates uh, because of what it was founded on. And so that's where we are today. Uh, and and I, in the nation, the majority, and this is what I really enjoy today, there are more people united on that to say we need real change. And uh, we just have to embrace that. And uh, it doesn't mean that we, again, just get rid of all police officers. We just have to make sure the right people are delivering the service. Right, because one bad apple doesn't spoil the the bunch. That's an old saying. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but <laughs> it's like you yeah, know, it, this is a, this is a yeah. thing to me. You know, there there is this injustice, but one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch or bushel or whatever the saying is. It's like, you know, um, I don't know. I just don't want 
you know, I still believe in the police and, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, how we get back there. But something else that might be contributing to this issue is something I picked up from your website that I thought was interesting. And it said, and, and I'm taking it right from the website, our police force is not trained in crisis intervention until they've been on the force for a minimum of two years. And that's at least two years of building stereotypes and habits that are hard to break. So so herein may lie part of the problem if people aren't getting the kind of training that you're offering now at Blue Lights for two years after being on the force. That's right. And and that that is that's an alarming fact. And and I believe that's where again the disconnect you know, I would share with you, Mary, that, you know, you're, you're talking to a veteran, you know, a police officer, and I can share with you, there, there are people on the sidelines that will say, no, that's not correct, and this is this is really what's going on. But what I can tell you is I worked in the system, and, and the way I experienced and understand it, this is a real issue. And what happens is when you go into the police academy, which is required in North Carolina, it's a basic law enforcement training program. Uh, it may be called something different in other states, but you have to go in and be trained and receive that certification, which is a very intense program. The problem is, you know, when they train you on a system, unfortunately, with that training, it's mostly um, skills-based training. So you're in, you're going in, and it's pretty much, okay, scenario-based, here's the law, application, and you start looking at things differently. You start looking at people differently as, this person could potentially harm me. And so when you when you see that over a period of time, in this case, you know, months and months of training, when you leave the academy now, you're you're looking at people as potential suspects and and, and then the humanity piece can be removed. So that's where the problem comes in. With Blue Light College, what we do is it's all humanity. Again, looking at people um, through the lens of that could be a family member, not giving them a pass to commit crime. That's not what we're talking about. But when you have the compassion for people, and and that's part of our that that's a large part of our curriculum, you're always going to go into it saying, okay, what is best for this individual? And it works. It, it I believe that it helped me to get to where I'm at today. I, I will consider myself as living, uh, you know, a part of my life that I really enjoy. Uh, but I didn't get there without treating people with any respect. And, and I'm really, you know, honored to be here today. And I, and I think the model really works. And I think that would be the most difficult part for a police officer because, you know, they always, they're showing so much on, on news anymore. And it's just horrifying, some of the things happening. But then too, on the officer's side, sometimes you have, you know, split second to make that decision between humanity and my life is at risk. Yeah. And, and that, again, I, I, I go back to, you know, there, there is part of the job that you have to take action. We, we understand that. If I could, Mary, talk about the George Floyd situation and that incident and what happened to that, that day um, with Mr. Floyd and how he was, in my opinion, murdered. Um, you know, the situation was under control. I, I taught use of force for 15 years. And you, what you do is you administer amount of force that's reasonable and necessary to effect an arrest. The, the arrests have been made. Um, and, and for someone to continue to apply pressure to a very sensitive area of the body, 
knowing that it could potentially end uh, a, a young man's life that was totally unnecessary. And I think that's what people are, well, I know that's what people, they were demanding change in those areas. Uh, you know, yes, there are times where there's split second decisions you have to make, and uh, it could be a matter of deadly force. But also, I will always stand with this, and I've always trained the people that I've worked with, just because you can don't mean you have to, because there are other force options that you can use to preserve life. And I see that, you know, we're, we're, there's this eight can't wait police reform policy platform now that includes banning chokeholds, requiring de-escalation and warnings before shootings. Now, does blue lights get into any of that or is it strictly centering on how to approach conflict with compassion? Good question. It is a, uh, I would say it's a mix of the two. Uh, again, we pour in the humanity piece um, during the first year heavy. Second year, we delve into the skills-based training. Um, and it, they even get de-escalation from the time they start here to the end uh, because we believe that is important. There are many situations where you can scale back and apply a different type of force uh, more often than not. So they are able to receive this over you know two-year period of time and uh, clearly understand that they can they can be the change and make a difference and maybe reduce those numbers that um, are unfortunately you know causing hardship for many families. So yeah, they they do receive that for sure. Something else that I want to talk about for for your college, so people know the um, the depth of everything covered because we're not just talking about this one particular area, you also cover subjects such as the fundamentals of communication, leadership, character, constitutional law, ethics, and cultural diversity. It is. And, you know, Mary, I'll, I'll also add to this. So, you know, a person, when they, you know, if they look at our school, they, they immediately think, well, we're training police officers to be, you know, to show compassion in those cases, those incidents. And, and that's true. But, you know, we do have students here that come to Blue Lights and perhaps they don't they don't want to become police officers. But here's what they want. They want life skills. They want to 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 receive what we have to offer and it makes them a better citizen. Now, what we, I believe, can can do with that is now they have a better understanding of policing. So what my story was, uh, you know, there was a I almost. Decided not to be where I'm at today, and what I mean by that is, when it was first introduced to me, the idea of becoming a police officer, I said absolutely not, because it was a generation of you don't do that job. Um, police officers are not with us; they're against us. So I had to break that stronghold and say, okay, am I doing this for me, or am I doing it for? Am I going to make a decision on what other people want for my life? I'm so glad that I followed my heart. And I uh, decided to do something different, and it did rock the boat in my community. But now they, they you know, I, I'm they champion me. They like he made it. He's doing great things. But it took someone breaking out of that cycle to say, no, I'm going to go on the inside and make things better. And I believe that's what we have to do for all things. If we want to see change, you can't do it from the outside. You have to go in and be a part of the change. That's a very good point. Very good point. Um. Wow, that should uh, 
I mean, that to me is incentive to do it. Maybe I'll be a police officer. <laughs> no. I think you can do it. I believe you can. <laughs> that, that ship sailed. But um, so, but people that are interested that go through your program for policing, they uh, once they go through your program, they can go on to basic law enforcement training at Wake Tech Community College in Raleigh. Is that correct? That is correct. We have an agreement with Wake Tech College, and uh, that. That helps Wake Tech. It helps us. And what I mean how, how it helps Wake Tech is the second year we, we dive in with more of the mirrored version of a police academy. And uh, I taught at Wake Tech Police Academy for, you know, 20 plus years, uh, with different, um, subject matters. So it gives them an opportunity, gives them a overview, gives them firsthand look at how the academy is going to be. So when they walk in the door, they are prepared physically, mentally, and spiritually to uh, to handle any challenge of that that program. Now, what we have found is that over the years, a lot of people show up at these academies and they're not prepared. So they either quit their jobs and, and believe they've been called to do it, and that's what we stress. This is a calling. This isn't just watch. Um, and I'm, I'm going way back in time here, Mary. A Hill Street Blues, <laughs> and uh, and you and you and you believe that this is this is this is your time. There is more than that. Uh, there's more that comes with it. So we give you a snapshot. We say, okay, here's how it's going to be. Here's why. What's your why? Why are you doing it? And so Wake Tech loves that because they have better trained, prepared student candidates that enter the program, and it's a success story. It's a win-win for both. So what has been the impact of this training um, and, and, like, the reaction from the community? You know, good question. What I would hope, and I'd really appreciate you providing me this opportunity to share more about Blue College, I believe we have to get this school out more for people to know about the awareness, because I don't think many people know about Blue College. But what I can tell you in the fourth year we're approaching now is I can give you one quick success story, and I think this right here really seals the deal to tell the story about who we are and how much of an impact we were making. When we launched, um, we were trying to figure out, okay, this is a different school. This is unique. You know, we always share with people, don't put us in a box. We're not trying to be a Wake Tech or University of North Carolina. We're, we're Blue Light College. So when we launched, we didn't know what to expect, but it started attracting young men and women from all over the nation. We had people here from Ohio, Georgia, Puerto Rico, Mm. Um, many different Florida. So we're like, wow, these people are coming in. And the one thing we have is the athletic program where it offers, it provides any um, student candidate who played high school basketball or wrestle an opportunity to compete in a collegiate level. And so uh, everybody doesn't make a team just like any other college. Um, it does give them another opportunity where they may not receive it from a division one, two or three school. And so Blue Lights is another option. Now, here's a success story. This young man came to our school, and uh, he grew up in an environment much like me. Um, it was a project of his town, and uh, he was, at fact, from Youngstown, Ohio. And he came here with the intent to only play basketball. Uh, and, and you know, the, the schoolwork was secondary for him. He's like, I just want to make it to the next thing, and, uh, and a phenomenal athlete, by the way. And I was like, sure, come on. But you, but you obviously have to um, take care of your schoolwork because there are there's criteria you're expected to maintain the GPA and all this, just like any other school, or you've been ineligible. He came here, 
and he he was a you know outstanding student, dean's list every uh, every semester. And he came here saying, "I don't want to be a police. Don't talk to me about that." You know, he came in with his hoop earring in and uh, just his his whole swag about, you know, I'm I'm a street baller. That's me. I'm going to make it to the NBA. That that's his whole ordeal. That was Jacques Gilbert. I thought I was going to be in the NBA <laughs> until my high school coach cut me. But here's here's what happened. This is this is a, this is their sweet spot right here. Mm-hmm. So he 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 comes to class. He's very dedicated, very involved. And as 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 the class went on, as semester semester, I started seeing a transformation. He started asking more questions about policing, like why is this, why is that. It was all over his face, and we were still saying, "Why don't you do it?" He was like, "No, that's not for me." Well, it's a graduation day. He was class of 2019. The day of graduation, he walks up to me, and everybody calls me captain. He says, "Captain, uh, I, I want to be a police," mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, "Well, I thought you were going to play basketball," because he had offers from other, you know, bigger schools. And he says, no, I want to be a police. Mm-hmm. And today he is driving around an Apex police car. He, he's, um, he just reached his second year. And, uh, and he is, they call him, they call him, uh, Jacques Gilbert 2.0. <laughs> so he's really, he's really doing amazing things in Apex. And that's just one of several students who have come in with that mentality. They have left, um, man, they're wearing blue. Wow. And making a difference. Wow. That's a, that's a goosebump story right there. <laughs> Wow, that's yes. wonderful. You. So, you know, after talking to you and hearing about this program and like that story you just sh- shared, you know, I I just continue to have hope that we will get to a place where people can trust the police again and go back to the days when they were heroes instead of villains. And, and that, that starts with one officer at a time. And, and you're right. That's what we need to be. Understanding that change doesn't mean all police are bad. It just means that we, there's a, there, there may be a better way or there is a better way to do it. And, and as a, as a retired police officer, and I share this with any, any group of uh, my brothers and sisters in policing, I always share with them to take the heat off of you. You have to report those who are not doing the way it should be doing. If you can do that, we can eliminate the hardships on you. So that's what we need to do. When it's, when it's not right, you have to have that integrity as we all took the oath and hold your fellow officers accountable. Very good point. Okay, yeah. well, something else that we always do at the end of every show is we feature a nonprofit spotlight. And today I thought, well, let's just continue with Blue Lights College, which is a 501c3. So tell folks why they should get involved and also provide site info for donations or volunteering or what other information you would like to provide given that you're a nonprofit? Again, thank you so much for having me. And uh, this is a great opportunity because we do operate. It's like a hundred percent community funded. All of our donations, since it goes right to the operations of our school. Uh, we have uh, professors, we have facilities that we have to um, use for, for our classes. Um, and, uh, it all, again, goes to a worthy cause. And that cause being that we need police officers, uh, in our communities to make sure that we can all continue to enjoy the quality of life that, that we deserve. And to add to that is, um, there's a lot of young men and women who come to Blue Lights College who may not have an understanding of where they need to go next. Uh, they don't know their identity. And I think the faith component of what we offer 
builds that character. It gives them direction and gives them purpose. So that faith, purpose, and that trust, as you mentioned, we create that trust because now we have police officers who understand citizens and citizens who understand police officers. That makes a dynamic community. So the help is, uh, if you could, bluelightcollege.org and go to the donate tab. And, uh, and it is being 501c3, as you mentioned. And, uh, so it's tax deductible and we would love for you to get involved in other ways. We have volunteer opportunities as well. So, so thank you for the consideration. And thank you for being here today, and thank you for all you do. Time for Carrie's 150th anniversary spotlight. You can check out Carrie's African American History Tour, Downtown Carrie Driving Tour, or Downtown Carrie Walking Tour by downloading a brochure at carrie150.org forward slash past forward slash tours. A lot going on for that, so we want to keep you posted and we'll continue to spotlight the anniversary in future shows. For now, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. You can hear all kinds of stories, including new hope for Alzheimer's and epilepsy patients, social media tips, laughter from comedian Jeff Allen, and Oprah Forleo and other views on avoiding failure by staying with us wherever you listen to podcasts or at our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com. Please be sure to subscribe and like us. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 be calm.